Welcome to the Team Packed Podcast with your hosts, Jessica McIntyre and Quentin Cools. We hope to inspire you to think critically and biblically about current issues facing our culture, challenge you to make a difference in your community, and ultimately change the world. Welcome to Season 4 of the Team Packed Podcast. We are talking about leadership throughout this series, and our topic today is the character of a leader. Quinn will be interviewing the president and CEO of Team Pact, Peter Martin. Hey, everybody. It's Quinn, and we're back with the Team Pact podcast. So I have Peter with me here, and uh, Peter, you and I have worked uh, at Team Pact for a number of years. You got hired in 2010. Is that right? right? May of 2010. And then I came on in March of 2013. So I was a few years behind, but one of the one of the things I've most enjoyed about my time working in Teen Pact is I feel like I almost grew up in the ministry alongside your timeline. I was just many years behind. <laughs> but uh, I came in the first year you would have worked with an intern team was 2011. And that right. was my year as an intern. Then I program directed. And then the next season I was working for the office. So it was a pretty cool time as I think you were certainly, you know, getting your bearing of, you know, how to lead in a ministry context mm -hmm. as a CEO. Um, and then me trying to figure out, okay, what does this look like on a volunteer level? Right. And then on a, on a kind of a paid leadership level working for team pack full-time. But, um, I'm curious, you know, it's been uh, a little over 10 years. Um, what, what has been maybe your greatest joy of working as the CEO of team pack? I would say the greatest joy is the interaction with all of the intern teams, the program directors, staffers, students, the, the young people. It does keep me young. Uh, I worked with, in a secular environment before coming to Teen Pact and worked with more people that were my age, my peers. And with working with Teen Pact, it's a, a lot of young people who have a lot of excitement, a lot of joy, a lot of desire to see things happen that are different, bring about change. And so interacting with those people has been very, very rewarding. Yeah, totally. I have always been inspired by the fact that you desire that for all of us that work out of our national office, that we are invested in that student ministry and in those relationships. Um, there were a couple of times uh, I can remember over the years where you know, I, I was getting really excited about just the office work and, you know, processes and, you know, just kind of meetings and just kind of the structure of the organization. And you were quick to remind me, okay, wait, I want you and our whole team to be present throughout the year at different times at events, building relationships with people and actually discipling and being involved in it. Cause like, this is people work. Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, and I think sometimes, you know, a lot of CEOs, I feel like, um, maybe, maybe in more so in, in corporate culture in America, um, are much more like, um, you know, oriented toward a final product in terms of like tangible, um, material outcomes. And it's interesting that at Teen Pact, it is tangible, but it's tangible more in the sense of like relational, you know, growth, leadership right, right. growth. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is talking about the character of a leader. Um, now, in your experience in leadership, uh, could you kind of just describe some of the different roles that you've had over the years? Obviously, you've been CEO of Teen Pact for, you know, a little over a decade. But what what other kind of 
roles have you been in, different industries, that kind of thing? Yeah, interesting that we're recording this today on Veterans Day because it was actually 35 years ago today that I was offered a new position in Minnesota. I received an offer on Veterans Day to move with uh, my spouse, Lydia, we didn't have any children at the time, to Minnesota to take on a leadership role within a small insurance company at the time. And that was significant. We were living in California, so it required a move. So I took on a leadership role there in Minnesota. And over the time, the nine years there, and another 15 years in Connecticut, we ended up moving to Hartford, Connecticut, I took on even more responsibility, more key leadership roles there. I was working in a finance department within the health insurance industry. And at the same time, I was involved in church leadership. I was on a committee in our church in Minnesota. I became a deacon and then an elder at our churches in Connecticut, have continued that here in Richmond, where I serve as an elder in a PCA church. And um, then we started having more and more kids. As most people know that are listening, I have eight children. So taking on a leadership role there in the home. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. As the principal of our homeschool, (laughs) uh, as well as other key roles as uh, Lydia and I were managing our home. So various types of leadership responsibilities within the home, within the church, within the secular business. When we got introduced to Teen Pact in 2004, it was just a couple of years later that I was asked to become a member of the Teen Pact Board of Directors, serve as a class director. So all of those leadership roles were coming my way based on that decision that we made 35 years ago to move from California to Minnesota. There was an 85 degree difference in temperature that day. (laughs) And you still made the decision to go. And we still made the decision to, to go because we felt God was calling us there. And that's the important thing is when God is calling you into a new place, a new position, a new opportunity, you have to take that. Mm. You have to move forward. Did I realize that at the time? No. But looking back, we saw that that has put me on a trajectory that got me to where I am today. That's amazing. Yeah. Last week's episode, we were talking, Jay Mack and I, about um, how when God calls you to something, you, there's kind of a process of discovery mm. of where he's calling you and what he's calling you to do and how and with whom and all those sorts of things. But where we kind of landed on that discussion was it's a matter of faith of saying, yes, Lord, to when you do know God is calling you to something, saying yes. Absolutely. Wow. So you may not even understand that at the time, and you may not mm -hmm. know until years and years later. I remember when we were working in Connecticut, living in Connecticut, I was asked to participate on a committee for my church and to lead that committee, and it was to look for a new church facility. We were renting, and we were likely to have to move from there. And so I led this commercial real estate committee looking for a new, new church location. And then four, three or four years later, when I became the CEO, I drove down here to Richmond and 
in my first meeting with Lydia Shanks, who was vice president of operations at the time, she said, uh, Mr. Martin, our lease expires. And my first comment to her was, I know nothing about commercial real estate. And then I had to remember back that mm. God had actually dropped this committee into my lap that helped me then negotiate, have discussions with commercial real estate here in Richmond. Wow. I think those experiences are fundamental to preparing you for those things. Absolutely. Uh, is Are there... So when I think about the states that you've uh, lived in that you've referenced. So you've been in California, then you moved to Minnesota, then to Connecticut, then to Virginia. So I feel like to complete the loop, like, are you ever going to live in Texas or is that a hard no? <laughs> well, I would never say never. I okay. don't have any plans to live in Texas. Okay. I also said for probably 15 years that I wouldn't move east of the Mississippi. And here we are. So, um, I won't say no to God, yeah. but if it's my plan, I have absolutely no intention of okay. moving to Texas. But maybe maybe six months or a year in Hawaii would, would sure. be on the table? Sure. Nice. I love it. That is east of the Mississippi, so that yeah. would work really well. <laughs> so, um, you know, as you think about all these different roles that you've had, uh, some of them are long seasons where, you know, you're working in this particular, you know, finance role, this insurance company, or you're working at, at, as an elder at mm -hmm. this church, um, in a capacity or CEO of Teen Pact. Um, we're talking about the character of a leader. Can you describe to me kind of when you think of character, first of all, what do we mean by that? And then why is it important? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. The character of a leader, in my mind, is how you conduct yourself with, with the, uh, various situations, with all situations that you come in contact with. And I know we've quoted Teen Pack's favorite verse in the past, 1 Timothy 4.12, which says, let no one despise you for your youth. And it, we've shared that a lot, but it goes on to say, but, but set the believers an example in speech in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So when I think of the characters of a leader, or actually anybody that is following Christ, and uh, that it is important for us to exemplify those characteristics, speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Yeah, and if those things are missing, I think you, you, you can lead for a time. People will follow you for a time, but it seems like things get kind of shaky after a little bit. What do you think it is about character that like, what, why is that such an important part of leading and following that kind of relationship? I think it's critically important because what, as you lead with in your speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, you are, the followers are trusting you. And if trust is broken it is difficult to bring it back. You can do that. Uh, you can redevelop trust, but it takes uh, quite a long time. I've read this analogy and shared it as well. Trust is like building a wall. It takes, you build it brick upon brick upon brick. As, you're, as you talk, as you conduct your life, as you share your faith, as you exemplify purity, those areas that we've mentioned. It's putting one brick on at a time. You do something that loses somebody's trust and it's like knocking over that wall with, uh, you know, backing a truck into it. 
it can be that quick to take away the trust, then you have to start again, brick by brick by brick. Mm. It takes time. Yeah, I think about, you know, that part of setting an example with your words and your speech, how um, it, you know, one moment of, you know, anger or one moment of, um, you know, really just lacking grace in your speech can tear off a bunch of those bricks really right. quickly. Right. <laughs> um, and so I, I like how Paul, you know, really focuses in that passage about like, no, 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 Timothy, pay attention, like pay attention to your character. Like this is something very important. This is something prized. This is something that's going to impact the way that you lead for the rest of your life. Right. Do you, do you think uh, in your time working with different teen pactors? So we, you know, we work with, you know, certainly some, some, some middle schoolers with our one day class, but most of it's our high school students and then kind of approaching the college years. Um, where have you seen people grasp this idea that my character really, really matters? Cause I feel like a lot of young people struggle with that. Like the idea of building character is, <laughs> that's not a very like exciting topic, I guess. Um, and, and it, even the idea that it's going to take a long time and you're going to have to work on these character qualities and grow in these ways, you know, how, what, what does that look like when it's at its best, uh, for a young person? That's a good question. It's very hard to fully realize the impact that you're having at the time, I know I've spoken with our interns because we talk about leadership is influence, the importance of that influence. And it's, it is hard to understand that as you're going through, as you're developing, as you are setting an example, it's best when we can look back and see that. But it is, it's helpful to uh, be teachable, to be open to the feedback so that you're not trying to do it all on your own, that you are trusting people that are around you that are sharing that feedback with you because they see blind spots that you don't see. And this is not just true with young people, yeah. the you know, high school age students that we work with. It's important for all of us to uh, get somebody to provide you feedback that you can that you can trust and that has your best intentions, even when they say the hard things. Yeah. It's a you, hard, it's a hard lesson to learn, but it is, it is important. I think one of the key areas there, um, you and I were at uh teen pack venture, which was held in Tennessee uh, just, I think two months ago. And one of the, one of the things we kind of talked about was um, vulnerability and, and not having this sense that you've arrived and, um, as I was thinking about that from like our ministry context, it's like, especially for us in perhaps more public ministry roles, um, where a bunch of people across the country who are involved in teen pact, um, they, they look to you and they mm -hmm. look to other right. leaders, um, who are running these classes or managing from the national office and they're looking for an example. But I think oftentimes people insert this idea that, you're the ideal leader or you're the perfect leader and I could never be that. And over, over the years I've tried to kind of, I don't know, 
bridge that gap in people's minds where like you're describing, it's not just for young people that need this. Like this is for everybody. Everybody right. needs to recognize that our character is a continual formation and we need other people to come into our lives and point out blind spots. Do you think, um, I guess, I feel like you, you kind of described our internship process, um, how, how there's a lot of feedback provided in that context. Has that always been the case when you've been involved in Teen Pack, that there's kind of this, this cycle of, of feedback and, and um, kind of that investing in character with these young people? As long as I've been involved, so it goes back prior to becoming the CEO, working as a class director, feedback was talked about and it was done. I think over the last three to five years, we have focused more on ensuring that it happens uh, at the time as opposed to six months, a year later when a student is applying to be a staffer or a staffer applies to be an intern that's not the time to share that, that feedback. It is to do it at the time. Because I do remember, you asked, did, we, did Teen Pack do this prior years? When I was serving as a class director, it was actually in 2010. I was not the CEO yet, though I was interviewing to become the CEO. And I was on a class with Joe Radcliffe, and at the end of the week, he said to me, he was serving as the, as the program director, and he said, Mr. Martin, can I give you some feedback? <laughs> and that was quite bold for a, I don't know, 19-year-old to do that. But we've encouraged our program directors to provide feedback to everybody that was involved. And he gave me two pieces of information, two pieces of feedback. One was situational, and it really didn't, uh, it was helpful to hear, but there were reasons why the feedback wasn't quite as valuable as the second piece that he gave me. And I actually think of that, of his comment Every time I go up in front of a group, whether it's at national convention with, you know, over 900 people there that are present or on a staff team where there are six or eight people present in Texas class with 100 students, every single time I have Joe Radcliffe's comment in the back of my mind reminding me of the feedback. And it was very useful and hmm. very practical and very helpful. Wow. That's awesome. When I think about um, this, you know, it's it's something that Teen Pact, it sounds like, has been invested in for a long time. And and if we were to have, you know, uh, Tim and Wendy Eccles or, or some of the people that were involved in the early years, they could probably attest to this was, you know, day one, we were right. invested in character, right? right. Um, and, I, and I think that any Christian ministry would affirm that. That's super important. There's a number of people who listen to the podcast who are not involved in full-time ministry. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, they're, they're students in college or, or in high school, or they're, you know, working a job and, you know, whether you're in your teens or your twenties or your thirties or approaching your forties, maybe there's some, uh, teen pack parents and grandparents that listen to the podcast. Um, they see, yes, absolutely. Character matters for a leader in ministry. I want to ask you, does character matter as much? And how does character matter in a more of a secular environment? So you spent, you know, a, a whole career, whatever that was, maybe 30 years or something like that, doing other work outside right. of a full-time ministry context. So you've seen 
how you've been able to lead. You've even seen other leaders, effective ones and maybe ineffective ones. Um, but where is character important in that kind of context? I think character is important in all areas, whether it's a purely secular, uh, job or if it is in a ministry, we know that today many employers, and it's not just in a ministry setting, but many employers during the uh, interview process, the application process, are asking young people for, and anybody, any applicant, for their Facebook information, their social media uh, names. So, and they'll go and look at those and view what they have done, particularly very recently, I was actually listening to a podcast on leadership and a there was a woman who was a retired uh, flight attendant in the Air Force on Air Force One on the flying the presidents around wow. and it, she w- worked under six different presidents. She said when she was evaluated for her position, they went back and talked to her junior high uh, teachers and principals. That was... 15, 20 years before to find out what kind of character she had and was it consistent through uh, junior high, high school, college, her early years in the Air Force, which would allow her to be in a position where she was a flight attendant on Air Force One. Now, not all jobs are going to have that much uh, scrutiny or, yeah. yeah, but it is important to remember that your social media does follow you around. Mm. It, yeah. it's it's there it's a lot easier to get that information today than it is going back to your junior high school teachers yeah which which runs parallel to what you were saying earlier about how it's hard to realize how much influence you have and how you're influencing right. people um you know i i've looked back on uh you know old email threads or text threads or even social media posts and and seen like it wasn't that it was wrong but it was just you know wow, I was (laughs) like, what kind of headspace was I in at, you know, age 17 sending that email or whatever. (laughs) And, uh, and so I think, I think this, this message of pay attention to your character really matters wherever you're at in whatever stage of life. Um, all right. So I want to get a little personal with this question. Um, what are some ways that you have invested in your own character? How have I invested in my own character I've had mentors in the past, men in particular that I've regularly um, spent time with over breakfast once every couple of weeks or um, spending time with them in other ways where we'll talk about some of these issues. So I've had men like that that have helped me. I know you're not asking for a plug, but I do spend a lot of time reading, and and I know that that's something that has helped me over the years to read different um, different leaders and listen to different leadership podcasts that will fo- focus on areas that maybe I need a little nudge or a little push or uh, or some other assistance with. And so that's been uh, a couple of key areas, having men that I spend time with and secondarily a lot of book reading. Yeah. There, um, 
yeah, you you're kind of the go to for me and and many other people for book recommendations, podcast uh, recommendations, and so forth. One of the uh, one of the pod or excuse me, one of the blog articles that you'd reference that uh, came from a TGC article in October um, was titled "I Was Discipled by the Church," mm-hmm. and uh, I skimmed through that uh, that article and was kind of. I don't know, freshly reminded of um, almost like the simplicity of walking with the Lord, you know, just kind of the faithfulness of, hey, there's a path of obedience and stay on that path and, you know, step after step, year after year, keep following the Lord, you know, being a part of his church, serving in different capacities. You've described how over time you took on additional responsibility as a deacon, as an elder, mm-hmm. uh, being involved in, I'm sure, different committees right. um, and and different ways of leading. Um, even down to, <laughs> we were talking a, a while back about um, branding because I, I lead our communications team. And I know you'd referenced, uh, you know, seeing some stuff on Sunday morning and you see the slides. And so we, we kind of have these conversations where we'll reflect on, you know, we see an email come through or we see a slide up on a, on an event and we're like, oh, they missed something big there yeah. or the design was just off in this way. And, um, but what I'm reminded of is that, you know, the, the character formation happens with some of the most quote unquote basic things of like reading the word and walking with the Lord through prayer and, you know, I, I understand you and, and Lydia have spent time praying regularly. Is, is it daily um, for, for much of your marriage? Right. Most mornings when we, when I get ready to leave, because she's been at home the, the entire time that we've been married with children, uh, taking care of, the, of our children, the, the growing number, uh, and also homeschooling them. So we would have a cup of coffee or breakfast together before I left, and then we would pray together. And yeah, that has been very important to um, to set our day a- in the right path. Yeah, and I don't want to over-spiritualize this, but coffee is an important component of that. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so no, but but it's that idea that like through that that discipline of prayer and participating in a church and listening to the preach word and and having these uh, conversations with other mentors in your life, like there's something almost basic about that. Like, like you could, you could tell somebody who's listening and say, okay, Hey, I, I want to grow in my character. How should I do that? We could give them a list of, Oh, read all these books right. and listen to all these podcasts. But part of it's just kind of the walk, the path of obedience and, and faith and walk with the Lord and walk with his people. And you'll be shaped into that kind of leader mm-hmm. So I think, I think character obviously is, is hugely important. While we're on that note, um, what leadership books or podcasts have been um, most helpful, interesting, um, inspiring to you uh, as you've kind of reflected on, I'm sure, a number of different books over, over the past few years? Oh, it's so hard for me. Uh, at this advanced <laughs> they don't, they don't have to be to the best, but just remember. a couple that come to mind. Uh, well, and if you do receive my um, book newsletter, I am talking about this one in the very in the very next the upcoming release, which is on November fifteenth, and that is a book by a gentleman named Kerry Newhoff. It's called At Your Best, 
And the idea behind it, it's unlike many any other um, uh, book that I've read uh, on leadership. It's not all about time management because we, everybody says this very similar things about time management. You only have a limited number of hours during the day and sure. you have to do this and that to get more done. But what he focuses on is you recognizing in your own person, your own self, when you work most effectively. And we all have rhythms during the day when we are at our best. He calls those the green zones. And when you are at your best is when you need to do things that are most creative or most impactful. Um, That's not the time to schedule a couple hour meetings. If you're a pastor and you need to write a sermon, you don't schedule you don't do that in the red zone the when you're tired and wanting hmm. to go to bed you you do those when you are at your best whether that's in a secular environment or whether it's in a ministry like teen pact and we write content for our upcoming season whether it's bonjour or uh, evening sessions that the class directors will lead or program directors it's finding out when you are most effective Mm. and do the important key items at that point in time. That's one that I've read recently. Um, we all read together uh, servant, uh, servant Leadership and Deception. Uh, leadership and Self-Deception. Leadership and Self-Deception a number of years ago. Uh, and there have been, been many others. I've written about them in the newsletter, so if you want to get more titles, you can go back and yeah, let, let, uh, I would love for you to give a plug for that. So you, for a year, two years, you've it's been going on two years, almost two years have been producing a monthly Mr. Martin's book club, mm-hmm. uh, where you review, is it three books? I review three books and now I've started adding a podcast that's been impactful to me. So I, the, yeah, reviewing three books in areas of Christian, discipleship, leadership, uh, history, two areas of history that I've tended to focus on because of my interest of reading over the years have been the areas of World War II and then presidents, uh, a lot of a lot of books on presidents. And wow. I'm, I have a, will be reading a, a new book on Abraham Lincoln that I just received on uh, upcoming. And uh, I've even reviewed a couple of books like Dr. Seuss for my grandkids. (laughs) I love it. So if you're listening and you're interested in leadership and discipling and history and some of these other topics, um, you can get on that email distribution. Um, And how do they do that? Yeah, you can send an email to me at peter.martin at teenpack.com or at office at teenpack.com and we will get you added to that list. Awesome. Very cool. Well, we're uh, close to wrapping up our time, but I want to think about one last area of the character of a leader before we go. Um, And that's when leaders fall. Um, It's a, it's an unfortunate reality. It's a very sober reality um, that um, even believers who are in, you know, high positions of leadership, public positions of leadership, um, sometimes have moral failings in some capacity, whether that's, you know, um, you know, using church money, you know, to, you know, fund personal things or whether that's, 
um, committing adultery or whether that's, um, you know, a preacher taking somebody else's sermons and preaching those instead of preparing their own. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you hear these stories, I feel like, you know, every other week it's like something pops up on my newsfeed about, you know, uh, a leader. And sometimes, you know, it's not just Christian leaders. Right now there's multiple investigations going on in the NFL and the NBA for for owners uh, who have uh, uh, allegedly toxic work culture where, you know, people feel intimidated and, um, and, and women and people of color have been, um, you know, um, mistreated in, in a number of ways. Um, and so there's investigations going on into those. And so I feel like leadership is such a, uh, a, a difficult thing, not just because the part of leading, like influencing people, trying to move people from one position to another, but, but also maintaining your character over a long period of time. And I'm, I'm curious, like almost what should we do maybe first as, as a leader, like when you have uh, some sort of failing, um, what, what is that supposed to look like for you? And then, and what should we do when we're not the leader, but we're seeing it happen in the news? Um, basically, how should we respond when, when leaders character uh, doesn't hold up? Well, if it's uh, your own failing, I think we look to scripture and what does the scripture tell us to do? It's, it tells us to confess our sins first and foremost, confess our sins to God. Secondly, if you look at James he talks about, in his letter, uh, confess your sin to one another and that you then may be healed. And that those are important areas to, to focus on, is to make sure that you are confessing your sins and clearing, clearing that. God certainly forgives you. It doesn't mean that we are presumptuous and assume that forgiveness. We still are called on to to confess our sins. And then secondly, if you look at, you know, in other leaders, if you look at David and his situation with Bathsheba, what did he do? But he isolated himself. It says when, when uh, the time of the year, when uh, leaders went out to war, he stayed behind and then, uh, and he isolated himself. Leadership can be isolating to begin with. And so don't do that yeah. is what I would say. And we can see the example of what happened when he did. And thankfully he had somebody like Nathan who confronted him with that. Now it was after significant sin and, and death and so many challenging uh, situations, but he was finally confronted by Nathan and allowed him to, um, to speak into him. So it is important to have those people around you, not just to give you feedback when you're doing well, but also when they see situations that you are blind to, or even walking into knowingly that they can confront you with that. That's some of the hardest type of confrontation to, uh, to do. Um, there've been just a couple of times when I've had to do that Mm. over the years and it's not, it's not easy. Yeah. It, it reminds me, though, of the hope that we as believers have that no one else in the world has. Like the hope of Absolutely, the gospel yeah. um, is as much for somebody who yet 
to know Christ as it is for those of us who already know Christ. Like we still need his continual saving and redeeming and sanctifying work right. in our life. And so right. in some ways, I, when I think about the potential failing as a leader and, and hopefully it's not, you know, you know, big and, 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 and wide, but, you know, even, even in little areas where we don't set a good example in our speech or in our purity or in our, you know, that list from first Timothy, um, that hope of the gospel is still real today. Mm-hmm. It's still real for me. It, it's not just for the people that are under me or that I teach or anything like, like it is for me, even as a leader, I think there's a lot of hope uh, that comes from that. And I think in the areas of big failures, um, I mean, we've, we've seen that with, you know, probably most recently, one of the big ones was Dr. Ravi Zacharias mm-hmm, was in the news right. a, a couple months back and, some of his moral failings. And I think it's easy to, uh, to, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, when you see, uh, somebody have a moral failing and you, you almost want to pick up rocks and start throwing them at that, at that person. Um, kind of to use the illustration from, uh, from Jesus's words, but, but who is actually of pure character that could throw that first stone, you know? And, um, I think, I think I think really what we're landing on here is that no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what kind of position of leadership you're in, um, you need to pay attention to your character um, because that's going to create the kind of uh, person that you're becoming. That's going to influence the people around you. That's going to make or break trust. That's going to build that wall or tear it down um, and ultimately if if we are wanting ourselves to become more like christ and if we're wanting to lead others to become more like christ then uh then our character really counts thank you for joining us for this special edition of the team packed podcast have any questions about today's episode send us an email at communications at teampack.com or you can visit our website for more information about our programs and state classes